right, it is first and Moose, Connor, Patrick, Manny. We're all here. And man, oh man, it's week one. Still got one more football game to go for week one. But I forgot how tiring it is. I don't think I'm in midseason form. I am. I was exhausted. I got to the night game and I was so tired, like not of watching football, but I was like, there's so much to keep up with. I'm not used to this complete like overflow of content, looking at so many screens, looking at my phone constantly, looking at stats, social stuff. And I was tired. I don't know. How how'd the day go for you guys yesterday? Yeah, um, started off well. Uh, one o'clock games looked good. Uh, again, yeah, just looking at my uh, my fantasy team, looking at other games. We had a lot of good games this week. A lot, a lot of surprises, I would say. So, uh, good day yesterday, and looking forward for a long, longer season now that we have that extra game. Yeah, it's. I mean, I would say it's been. A, it was a good uh, week. One of games, a lot of good games. Um, competitive. Uh, Browns Chiefs was a good game. Obviously, my Eagles winning against the Falcons. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, Steelers Bills. That was another good. There was a lot of good games this weekend. The one o'clock, the four o'clock. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me was the Packers. No offense, Connor, but uh, your Packers were awful yesterday. I, I think I've decided this is the only rationale I've. I think that could possibly happen. I think they forgot that there were. It was a 17-game regular season. I think they believed it was the fourth preseason game. (laughs) That's the only thing I can think of. That might be good rationale, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the only option. But, um, yeah, I've blocked it out of my memory. I'm just not going to remember it anymore. So when you guys ask me about it, I'm going to say, I don't know what y'all are talking about. (laughs) So you guys can discuss it when it's, like, week 15 and be like, remember the Packers? Week one and be like, I don't. I don't at all. But – we can move forward so we've we've got some segments we're going to try them out they'll probably change throughout the the year and uh hopefully next week we'll also be recording in person so that'll add some um energy to the podcast but let's start with a segment tbd on name but we'll go with positive vibes only for not for now it's kind of the team that you know won an important game upset another team maybe made a big play could have just been a player that balled out this weekend, anything like that. But I think, I think a team that has positive vibes only, it's got to be the Cardinals, to be honest. I think, obviously, I still personally, I still don't love the offense. I think there's a couple of times where they just like see what Kyler Murray can do. But the defense, you got to be happy with the defense. That is, that's huge for the Cardinals. I was kind of like, not very excited for that defense, to be honest. I know they added pieces, but I didn't trust it. And I think this made me excited for that Cardinals defense. I mean, 38-13 against the Titans, an expected playoff team or on the bubble at least. And they blew them out of the water. I know it's week one. We're going to overreact to things. We're going to relearn stuff in a couple of weeks. But this was a huge win for the Cardinals. What do you guys think about that game? Yeah, I thought it was uh... – if anything, if anybody told me what the score would have been and they told me that score, I probably would have guessed they would have been flipped. Like Titans would have scored 38 and everybody would have expected the Cardinals to score 13. But yeah, I think just that defense, like above anything, the offense looked great, of course, but um, that defense showed a tremendous potential, showed like balled out completely for, on all three levels of, uh, of that defense. Chandler Jones just goes without saying five sacks. 
absolutely terrorized um, the Titans left tackle, Taylor Lamont even made him like tweet something after the game that he was like apologizing for every, for his performance. And uh, he even thanked Chandler Jones too for humbling him. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, I think it gives just reassurance that, 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 that division overall, the NFC West, they all teams in there won. And it just gave reassurance that all four of those teams are just going to be like really great. Just like, just like we all anticipated really. Yeah, and going off of that, I mean, I was going to mention the same exact thing, Taylor Lewan. Uh, I mean, it is a sign of respect. Chandler Jones is one of the – I feel like it's a, he's a name that we don't really mention too much in the defensive, you know, pass rush, like, really, like, discussion. Like, he is – he's very good. He's a, he's a great sack master, great, a lot of – lot of bat, a lot of tricks in his bag. He's a – he is a good D lineman, and I think we saw that yesterday – you know, adding J.J. Watt on that other side, you know, maybe in previous seasons, he's probably getting more double teams because they really didn't have, you know, like another really like high level defensive defensive lineman. So adding J.J. Watt in on that other side adds, you know, a bit more pressure to offensive coordinators and offensive lines who now have to figure out, all right, who who's more, like who's more dangerous, J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones. And both of them are really good. And I feel like that Cardinals defense, it did kind of, they need that second defensive lineman. They have, you know, good linebackers and Isaiah Simmons, who we saw, you know, he didn't have the first, I think it's his second or third season now, but he hasn't had the greatest, you know, showing in his first two seasons coming out of Clemson where, you know, we thought he was, I mean, with his versatility, we expect him to be one of the best young, like rookies in the entire NFL. And we haven't seen that in the last two seasons, but, you know, the potential is still there. The talent's still there. The versatility is a big thing. Um, but then you add in Buda Baker as well. Buda, Buda Baker, Baker as well. Jesus, excuse me. Uh, and he's been, you know, he's still as good as he was this rookie year. You know, losing Patrick Peterson, who has been, I mean, the identity of that Cardinals defense uh, last offseason to the Vikings, that was going to be tough. That was going to be a question of, you know, who's going to step up. And I think Buda Baker, uh, J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons, you know, they have a good young core. And I thought, although J.J. and and uh, excuse me, Chandler Jones are a bit older, still really good defense. I think the, you know, going back to Connor's point, you know, it is going to be what's going to happen with that offense because they have DeAndre Hopkins, they have Kyler Murray, um, which is good for me because I have Kyler Murray in fantasy. So I I really want them to score points. But yeah, I think the biggest thing for the Cardinals is just make, is improving that offense, uh, maybe finding someone at the trade deadline if they're doing really well. But yeah, no, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with the chart, excuse me, with the Cardinals. And I think the Titans, you know, they definitely have lost a step. I mean, losing you know, longtime offensive coordinator Arthur Smith to the Falcons, that's going to be tough because, I mean, they they were dominant the last couple of seasons, uh, and they really revived – I mean, Arthur Smith revived Ryan Tannehill's career. So I was a bit disappointed in the Titans, but I still think they're a pretty good – they're a pretty good uh, lock to be in the playoffs, hopefully, and win their division. I think the only thing – well, I'm a little bit worried about the offense too, but I think on the defensive side it would be that secondary. I'm not the most trustworthy of the Cardinals, but they played well yesterday. I was, I was happy with their secondary. I mean, they eliminated A.J. Brown and Julio Jones who combined seven catches for 78 yards. That's huge. That's a big win. Anytime you can do that, there are zero gains of 20 yards or longer, so you took out any big plays yesterday, which is, which is huge. I'm still not a big fan of Kingsbury, to be honest. But, I mean, I guess if he can get his team ready like this every single week, I'm wrong about him. But we'll have to see. On, on the Titans side, is this something they should be worried about or is it just kind of week one? It's weird. There's some rust on it. Um, 
I know most people probably expect some regression from Tannehill and especially like Derrick Henry with just the wear and tear over the past couple of years, but are you guys worried? Do you think they can turn things around per se? Uh, I think I wouldn't say I'm worried just yet, just because um, what you mentioned, Connor, it's, it is week one. It is a longer season now, but uh, I think what a lot of people like overlook, I think is that like they do think about like that. It's like a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, yeah, it is week one. You still have a long season, but at the same time, you can't just overlook week one and like pretend like that none of that stuff like happened or like there's nothing you really need to work on. And for the Titans, I think that defense, especially like we know what their offense, we're not, no, I don't think anybody can say they're really worried about their offense, but I think it's that defense that didn't really like bring a lot of pressure to Kyler Murray. Yeah, they had him there were times where they could have like brought him down and he just escaped the pocket, but um, that goes hand in hand with their secondary. If that pass rush is in there, you hope that, that their secondary could hold up a little bit and wait, give them a little bit more time for that pass rush to get there. But that wasn't the case. Colin Murray just escaped the pocket and found him down the field. And it just, just showed how the Titans, if there's any weakness in the Titan, it's that defense and specifically that secondary that they need to work on or they need to do something, change the scheme or something, just because it seems like they haven't improved at all from last year. They just couldn't get off the field and the Cardinals had their way with them really the whole game, especially Kyler Murray making all those big plays. What's another yeah. team or you go Patrick. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to go continue off of the point I made earlier with Arthur Smith. I mean, he's been there for, he's been there, probably five, six years. So he's really built this offense. And, you know, like I mentioned, like uh, revitalized Ryan Tannehill's career, who we kind of saw maybe he was going to be a journeyman, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but bringing him to, t- to Tennessee, he's been very, I mean, he's been extremely, extremely efficient and one of the better, you know, I'd say like a top 15, top 10 quarterback, if I'm going to be completely honest. So, you know, that is a big loss losing Arthur Smith because he's built, I mean, he's been in control of that offense for however many years. And then going to the Falcons, um, you know, it was tough yesterday watching that game with the Eagles. It, you know, they had those two opening drives where, you know, I was like, all right, like they look solid. You know, it's Calvin Ridley's team now. Julio Jones is gone. But his offense looked questionable at times and his play calling as well. It kind of it looked, I mean, it's obvious it's his first game, first game as a head coach. Obviously, there's gonna be there's gonna be struggles and mistakes, but you know, with how well his offense has done over the last couple of seasons, it is a bit concerning to see, you know, why is he playing? Why did they play so, so bad? So I think the Titans, you know, they are, they're still a good team. They have a good offense, but they going down, going down the stretch for the rest of the season, it's going to be, is that defense going to step up? Manny, what's a, a positive vibe you got from a team yesterday? Oh, yeah, uh, we kind of – or Patrick brought it up before. It was that um, – the Saints and Packers game, but more on the Saints side just because uh, I think they couldn't have asked for a better start um, from Jameis Winston. Um, I know he didn't have, like, the crazy stats that we – except the five touchdowns, but he only threw for, like, 148 yards. So it, it seemed like they really – they really, like, limited him. I don't want to say limited him because I feel like they, they had trust in him, but they – they kind of managed him in a way that he didn't like just chuck it downfield and have the risk of throwing another intercept bunch of interceptions. Um, he had a solid game again, like I mentioned, the five touchdowns and just going over to the other side of the ball, the defense just was getting after Aaron Rodgers. I know they didn't have uh, David Bakhtiari, um, the Packers didn't. So that 
obviously played a part in it, but it seemed like just Aaron Rodgers just was just missing, wasn't on on the same page as the, the other uh, receivers. And uh, the game plan also didn't really bode well against the Saints. They just didn't look like prepared at all. It didn't seem like Matt LaFleur had him prepared for this game. Um, the play calling was a little bit uh, a little bit confusing at times with Matt LaFleur and their defense just seemed to, the defense didn't seem that they were worried at all that Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the former MVP, was uh, that they were playing against them. There were a couple of throws that the one in the red zone, um, that one could have been either Aaron Rodgers or on the defense. But I think it was more so the defense just because they got in his face. The timing was off with Devontae Adams and then just he threw that interception. And then the second one just seemed like like a very confusing call of why he threw it downfield and like double coverage. Maybe he got confused because Marcus Williams um, went over to the other side. But yeah, that was just a bad pick. And I know that this was like sort of an anomaly just because Aaron Rodgers was taken on the third quarter, had like two picks. I don't even remember the last time he threw two interceptions was, but um, this was far from what we expected from the Packers, but from the Saints point of view, I don't think they could have asked for a better starting game against, against a good team that made it to the NC championship last year. So any doubts that they had going into this season, I think they silenced uh, a good amount of it yesterday against the Packers. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be the only time the home team wins at in Jacksonville this year. <laughs> but uh, it, it was bad. Um, our our former host, Mark Schoenster, off doing other stuff now, as he uh, tweeted out, it was a little hurtful to me. But uh, it was about the, the Saints, you know, extension with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Schoenster said, one so easily today. Lattimore was doing contract negotiations on the sideline. So that was pretty painful to see on, on the timeline. But another thing I was thinking, I was like talking about pay raises. I was like, probably whoever did LASIK eye surgery on Jameis Winston deserves a pay raise. But Patrick, what were your takeaways from this game? It's an odd one. Probably not going to happen again this year. That big of a blowout to the Packers, unless they're, there's another theory I saw that was like Rodgers is going to play so bad that he forced the Packers to trade them, which would be awful to sit through. But take that theory away. What were your takeaways from this game? Yeah, of course. So uh, that was the game on after the Eagles, uh, Eagles Falcons. So I was watching that for a while and it just looked like Aaron Rodgers. Just he doesn't look the same as he once did. Obviously, we all grew up on him. Winning Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, we saw him, you know, throw hail Mary, hail Marys, excuse me, that are forever memorialized. But it just did not look like the same Aaron Rodgers that we've seen. And obviously, you know, the offseason was a bit contentious, and we thought, you know, sometimes he was going to get traded, and that can demoralize a player. And you know, it kind of like you were talking about Connor. It did kind of look like, you know, he's just wanting to play bad because he wants out of there. And you know, do I com- do I completely like agree with him? No. Because I think that great that Packers offense and defense are both pretty good, but I obviously, but at the same time, I also get why he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be there anymore. Because I knew as soon as they drafted Jordan Love, all right, Rodgers isn't happy about it. He probably he's going to want to get out of here because he knows that he's going to get replaced. So you know, I re, I understand why he you know maybe that is a reason why he didn't play that he didn't play so well. But I mean, again, that Saints defense is very very good obviously you talk about Marshawn Lattimore getting that contract I mean that's gonna that's gonna 
give you a ton of energy. I mean, getting a hundred million guaranteed, I'd take that every day. And I know that's going to make me happy. So Lattimore played well, Cam Jordan played well. There's a lot of good moments for the Saints defense and, and for the Saints offense as well. I mean, Hey, Jameis Winston, like you were talking about Connor, whoever did his LASIK eye surgery, that man should get a lot of money because he played incredibly well yesterday. He looked like a polished passer and not the kind of up and down passer that we saw with the Buccaneers. He looked very good, looked in control a lot of the time, and he didn't rush anything. He kind of sat in the pocket. And that Saints, that Saints offensive line is very good. And I think it's underrated in my and to be honest. I think they don't get enough respect. And I think Jameis Winston was able to benefit from benefit from that and be able to sit in the pocket, wait for stuff to happen. Um, and he made that happen. I mean, it's a huge blowout. And I think, you know, they were able to put a lot of points on the board. And it is a positive moment. But again, it is week one. We still have 17 more weeks to go and 16 more games. So there's a lot that can happen. But I would say a big positive, a big win is for the pack or for the Saints, excuse me. It's going to be that offense and defense. They're a very good team, very complete team. And I think if they continue how they play against the Packers, they could, we could potentially see them as a, as a division winner. That is true. I think they will be competitive, especially with that defense playing like they did yesterday. If they can stop Rodgers, you can pretty much stop any QB. What was a positive take, a positive vibe that you got from a team yesterday, Patrick? Yeah, I'm going to – this is the first. We don't usually talk about them, but the Bengals. The Bengals played pretty darn good yesterday. Uh, Joe Burrow coming off of his ACL rehab last season. Obviously, it's going to be a bit, a bit rusty. Um, but he looked, I mean, he looked just as good as he did in college. If I'm going to be completely honest, you know, going back to, um, same thing with Jameis, like Joe Burrow looked very content in the pocket, waited for stuff to open up and having his former teammate, Jamar Chase, who, you know, had a bit of a questionable comment a couple of days ago with saying that the ball was a bit more, was a bit harder to see, which, you know, to me, when I first saw that was like, um, that's, that's concerning, but it is, I mean, when I thought about it, I was like, you know, it's not entirely wrong because in college you have the white stripes on the side on the football. So it's a little bit hard, a little bit easier to see. And I get that. Um, but I think it did get a bit taken out of context because I saw a lot of people talking on Twitter, like, Oh my God, Jamar chase. Can he, he can't even see the ball. Like that's how bad this Bengals team is going to be like, no, he just couldn't see the ball. Cause like, there's no white stripes on it, which makes sense. But yeah, I think, back I think my- chase Jamar chase tweeted something to confirm that it was taken out of context. So I think it, it was, was t- blown up. It, but it, it is a weird it. statement to say. It's a weird statement to say, but it, like someone, then someone, a journalist did interview him and like she took it or he or she ever who it was took it out of context and posted that. And then he was like, no, 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 no. Like I just like, it's just a little bit harder to see. Not because like I have a horrible vision. It's just that like, it's a different ball in college and it's just easier to see. And I can get why he said that, but yeah, I do feel bad because it was taken out of context. And like, I know a lot of Bengals fans were like, Oh dear God, like we're back to our, we're going back to awful ways, but no, the Bengals played great. I would say Jamar Chase played well, Joe Burrow played well. And I think the biggest thing is the Bengals found their running, running game again. You know, Giovanni Bernard a couple of years ago was a very good running back. And I feel like they kind of lost that, but then adding in Joe Mixon a couple of years ago, and they, I feel like they kind of rediscovered that running game. And the biggest thing is for offenses, if you don't have a run game, you are going to lose. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's, as simple as that. If you don't have a run game, they're just going to load, they're just going to load up with, you know, five, six, seven guys 
out covering people and they're and the pass game's never get going. So I think the good thing is Cincinnati rediscovered that that run game with Joe Mixon. And then you add in Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd to add in with Joe Burrows coming back. So, you know, I still don't think the Bengals are still going to do well, per se. I don't think they're going to compete for that AFC North whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, it's a good it's a young core. It's a young core, and I think they're going to keep building and building through the draft and through free agency. So I think that is, you know, it's a positive sign for the Bengals after so many years of honestly not not living up to the expectations. I, I would be excited as a Bengals fan. You're not expecting it to be great this year by any means, but you're seeing the foundation belt, and Joe Burrow has proved again that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Looking at the other side of the ball, this transitions well into – Weekend woes, basically. Teams that, that should have won, could have won, lost in a bad way, or QB got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. On that Viking side, I mean, this is, a to me, a must-win game. You got to win this game because you're thinking you're, you want to compete for the NFC North, at least get second, get wild card if the Packers are the Packers like they were last year. And my question is, is, I guess I, I asked both of you, but Manny, what is, I mean, who do you think they'll stick with longer? If this continues, do you think they'll stick with Zimmer longer or Kirk Cousins longer? Who, who would you go with in that situation? Or would you get rid of both of them? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Just because uh, Zimmer's been there like a long time. Like, I don't, I don't even remember the last head coach that they had. He's been there for a while. He's kind of like established himself there. Not a, not as long as like Mike Tomlin or like some of those coaches that have been at a place for that long, but like just because of the success, it's two different situations. But I think in, th- in that situation, I think they'll probably stick with I'll probably stick with Zimmer longer if I were to bet. Uh, I would take Zimmer over Kirk Cousins just because um, just for those reasons I just said he has been longer. He is the the safer pick to go with. Uh, a good he's not an awful head coach uh, by no means he's like terrible or um getting close to the hot seat if this season will tell if he will if he will be placed on the hot seat but i don't think he's um by any means like a, a bottom like five coach there's a lot of other coaches that should be on the hot seat rather than him but um in terms of Kirk cousins i think um i think he it's just like a not he doesn't bring anything like special that a game change he's not a game changer or playmaker like like you see some of these other quarterbacks that are just in his division, especially now that they have Justin Fields. He didn't play, but everybody's hyping him up like he could be the next uh, playmaker, great quarterback in that division at least. Aaron Rodgers is still there. He had a bad game like we mentioned um, before, but that's just one game out of like the hundreds that he's um, had just remarkable games against um, other teams. So I think, I think it's just easier for them to find another quarterback – like in the draft or trade for one at least uh, to get him over this pe- this rough period, but I think it's way harder to find a good coach and a good scheme that fits with all the players that they have. I think it's harder to do that than find a quarterback that you could integrate, maybe sit back a year or two and develop um, behind like uh, a bench player or like a non-starter anymore for a veteran player. I think it's way harder to do to find a coach than uh than to replace a quarterback. So I think they'll stick with Zimmer longer just for that reason. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a tough, is a tough decision. You know, Mike Zimmer, like you, like you talked about, Manny, he's been there, you know, for as long as I can remember. And I mean, I remember the last coach was like Brad Childress who actually brought in Kevin Stefanski, the Browns side point, but 
Mike Zimmer is a decent head coach. I wouldn't say he's like you talked about fantastic. I wouldn't say he's like, you know, besides that, what, 2017, that 2017 season when they went on that run, they were good, but I don't think it's, it's not the same Vikings team that we saw in 2017. It's four years ago. A lot has changed. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins as well, you know, captain check down as we like to call him, you know, his completion percentage was good. 73% of his passes were completed, but the thing is, a excuse me, an average of those passes were seven yards or less, which is really bad to be completely honest. Uh, you know, it's good to check down every once in a while. I mean, plenty of quarterbacks do it now, like every once in a while, just got like a couple five, six yard gain, you know, get, get the ball moving. But when you do it, a majority of the game, it makes it a lot easier for defensive coordinators and defenses to be able to adjust to that and load more people up in the box. You know, they were playing the, excuse me, they were playing a lot more prevent defense, trying to keep everything in front of them because they knew he'd be checking the ball down every single time. So it made it a lot easier for the Bengals, to be completely honest. Uh, and they were able to like really hone in on blitzing or blitzing Kirk Cousins. And they knew he'd be throwing, you know, short. We didn't really see too many long balls. So to answer your question, Connor, I think, you know, I mean, I feel like they have to get rid of both. Honestly, it's a fresh start. You know, they have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, I mean, we saw it in his rookie year. He is probably one of the best young receivers in the league right now. And as a talent, you don't want to – that's – I mean, while he's young, you don't want to waste those years. So, if I'm being honest, I think you have to do – you have to either trade for someone at the trade deadline, you know, maybe a Drew Locke from the Broncos. That's a potential option. Uh, you know, there are options in the NFL we could potentially see get traded uh, at the trade deadline if, if things are not going well for the Vikings. And I think if anything, if they don't play well this year, if they go 800 or excuse me, 500 uh, or even have a losing record, I think we could see Zimmer on his way out. And I think a good thing is, you know, you could add in a potential, you, you can add a potential head coach like Eric Bianimi, who we all know has not gotten the chance he deserves to coach an NFL team for three, four five years now. I mean, he's masterminded that Chiefs offense unlike anything we've ever, unlike anything we've ever seen. I mean, they have so many weapons. I barely can keep track. So I think, you know, if you're looking at head coaching candidates, Eric Beanie is a good option because you have Dalvin Cook, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have a decent offensive line. If he can somehow turn that Vikings offense around and add in like a head coach as a defensive coordinator, that's a good team right there. Uh, but I think if anything, I think they get rid of Kirk Cousins first. I think you need to draft a new quarterback because like Manny talked about, Kirk Cousins is not a game changer. I don't think he ever has been. Uh, and I mean, he it's very he's very predictable, which is not good for a quarterback. What were some other weekend woes from you guys? Manny, you can go first. Yeah, um, I th yeah, we, uh, it's another one we talked about before. It was just uh, that Falcons game, Falcons and Eagles game was – was rough, especially if you're a Falcons fan. I know all the Eagles fans are. It's like Patrick. I know he's probably jumping out of his seat right now. Jalen Hurts played great. Um, even a Devontae Smith, first reception, got a touchdown on his first catch. Um, oddly enough, I saw a stat that he caught in the same stadium where he caught that game winner against uh, for, or for Alabama, which was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, just in terms of the game, or most of the Falcons, just, just a rough like, this is probably the worst I've seen them play just in a single game for, like, the last at least two, three seasons. 
didn't even score a touchdown. Um, there was there was all this hype around like at least that offense. That offense, I know there was questions with Julio Jones. You lost um the best, arguably the best receiver in the league. How is this team gonna look? There was a lot more hype also with um a tight end head coach coming over, being your head coach now. You, you thought that you could establish a run game, probably open up the offense a bit more that way, not have to depend on Matt Ryan so much. But um, I think they did follow that that logic up to a point where you're down already by like two or three scores to the Eagles and you still want to try and establish the run. That was a bit questionable for me. I know he's come from the Titans and they did that a lot, but different different animals you got here with uh, Mike Davis and then coming going from Derrick Henry to Mike Davis, it's just not the same. Trying to establish the run that way, you have to let Matt Ryan throw it. And that was one problem I had that it didn't seem like Matt Ryan was able or was unwilling to in better words, like find his playmakers. I know they probably were doubling like Calvin Ridley. There were a lot of attention did go to him, but I feel like they should have given the ball to Kyle Pitts at least a bit more. He had a thing like probably five or between five or seven receptions, not that much for yards. I think with all the attention he's gotten over these last couple of months leading um, from the draft, I think just you have to get him the ball more, especially now that you only have Calvin Ridley and highest drafted tight end and like, probably I think history or close to that, he has to be a, a focal point in that offense. But again, that offense is just not what it used to be. That old line probably easily bottom bottom three in the league at this point. They just couldn't block anybody. I know that Eagles defensive line is very good. Probably the best part of their defense is their ability to get pressure. And that only helps the secondary, but that old line just could not help Matt Ryan for, for anything for any amount of time. Matt Ryan was always pressured and just it was overall offensively just it just killed them the whole game plan everything the defense was on the field too much obviously they were going to get gassed um, for just being out there so long and just a bad bad performance for the Falcons and it doesn't get any easier they play the Buccaneers next week so if when if it always goes if anything it's just going to get worse before it gets better for for the Falcons which uh, have just have a rough start to this season. Patrick, do you think yeah. from taking away from this game, do you think the Eagles are that good or the Falcons are just that bad? <laughs> okay. So yes. Am I happy with how we played a thousand percent? I'm very, you know, it was definitely when Nick Sirianni got hired, was I a bit cautious? I was like, you know, it could turn out well, we will see obviously coming over the, from the Colts where they had a pretty good offense the last couple of years, decent amount of success, never really could get too far in the playoffs, but still a decent amount of success. Yeah. I was nervous because it's his first head coaching ex- experience. And I mean, we all saw the off season. I mean, that man is eccentric. Someone, I saw someone today. He was, um, I forget who it was. There was a clip of him, like had a handshake with Devonte Smith and someone was like, yeah, he looks like the Italian Ted Lasso. And I think that is the perfect perfect thing portrayal for him like that he, when I saw that I was like you know what that makes perfect sense he's out of the box he thinks cre- he's very creative with his play calling and yeah I don't want to give I don't want to hype myself up too much because we do have to remember this is the Falcons they are rebuilding um, and I think that is a thing for the Falcons like they are going to be rebuilding that team obviously losing Julio Jones Devontae Freeman in the last couple of years and the offensive line just doesn't look the same I think there's a lot of young pieces on this team and they do have a decent core. I would say Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he's a good, he is a good wide receiver. Kyle Pitts. 
I mean, the man, the sky's the limit for that man, but the, he also has a massive floor, or a very low floor. So I think he has the biggest bust potential. He could be a Hall of Fame Tony Gonzalez kind of player, but even more athletic, or he could bottom out. There was a very big, very big level for him. But going to the Eagles, yeah, I mean, they played great. That offense, that offense played incredibly well. Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, I mean, hey, you could potentially say they're one of the best young wide receiver duos in the entire league, maybe even one of the best du- wide receiver duos, just all ages. So I think it is, it's very promising. Miles Sanders is a very good running back. We've seen that over the last couple of seasons. And the biggest piece of it all, Jalen Hurts. That man has gotten more hate more hate than I've ever like seen a quarterback, obviously going up in Philadelphia, we hate on our players. Me personally, I ride it out. I'm, you know what? I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a Phillies fan, whatever. I'm a ride with this team, regardless how bad or how good or how bad they are. But Jalen hurts. I, I mean, Hey, he looked like a very good quarterback for all the hate he's gotten. He really proved the haters wrong yesterday. And I think, you know, they do have to go a little, they have to get a little bit more competition if, if I'm going to be completely honest, but that's a promising start for the Eagles. I'm not hyping myself up too much. I'm not going to get too high off of that win because it's the Falcons, but promising start. Uh, and I think there's a lot of potential with this Eagles offense and that Eagles defense, like Manny talked about, they're still a good team. Yeah. They probably do need, they do need to upgrade that secondary massively, but that defensive line. They, I mean, I can't tell you how many pressures and sacks they got on Matt Ryan and that offensive line. So I'm impressed, but I'm not, I'm not going to hype myself up too much. It's a weekend woe for you. What's a what's a team that you thought should have won or just just played bad? Oh man, that's a good one. I feel like I mean I want to see the Browns, but I don't think I can honestly. Uh, I think that Chiefs Browns game was I mean it was great right down to the wire, and I thought the Browns were going to win that to be completely honest. Um, but I I mean it was tough. The Chiefs are obviously they're I mean they're going to be Super Bowl contenders again. They still return pretty much their entire team plus a completely rebuilt offensive line, which is still very good. Uh, and I think, you know, coming into the first game, that offensive line definitely was, you know, they added a lot of pieces. And it's going to take time to develop chemistry. Uh, it's the biggest thing with offensive lines, developing that chemistry, not false starting on stuff, having good communication with that, with your quarterback and your the rest of your offense. I think the Chiefs played well. I think the Browns, yeah, I mean, they play, I mean, it was punch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch. I mean, they both – both teams played great, both offenses, offenses and defenses played as best they could. But I think the Browns, they definitely had maybe a little bit more depth, and they probably should have taken advantage of that depleted Chiefs defense without Tyron Matthews. I mean, been the vocal leader of that defense. I mean, yeah, it sucks he's going to get that. I, I don't know if he's going to get that contract from the Chiefs, so I'm going to be completely honest, which that opens up a lot of free agency spots, a.k.a. the Eagles. That'd be great. I, I'd love to have Tyron Matthew on my team. But the, I feel like the Browns could have taken more advantage of that. And, you know, they didn't they didn't have OBJ, but they still should have taken more advantage of that depleted Chiefs defense without Tyron Matthew. Uh, but overall, I'd say both teams, you know, the Browns, it's a moral, you know, it sucks, not them. It sucks with them not winning. But I do think they should have won, to be completely honest. They had the weapons uh, even without OBJ. It's still, a, you know, still a very good team. And I think a better offensive, offensive line. And I think their offense, their weaponry, you know, is tit for tat. They're pretty much good tight ends, good wide receivers, good running backs. Uh, I'd probably take the Browns on the running running back game, but I think both teams de- deserve to win. But I feel like the Browns deserve just a little bit more to win. And that's a team. I mean, that's a battle we could potentially see, you know, in the AFC divisional round or the. I mean, really, just the playoffs. We could potentially see them again. And I think that's going to be that's going to be that's going to happen. So to win the Super Bowl, most likely. 
most teams are going to have to get past the Chiefs. And it seemed like the Browns had a formula. I mean, they they played well the entire game, and it stuck to their script. They were drawing up plays that Baker Mayfield can can do very well. Bootlegs, play action, it was going phenomenal. And they were taking away the deep pass from Mahomes. Manny, what do you what do you think the Browns need to do to get over this hump to actually get it in the win column against the Chiefs? Because most likely they're going to have to beat them in the playoffs or a team of the same caliber. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think I don't know I, because it just seemed like uh, what from what Patrick was saying, and also I watched most of that game. It seemed like they they played almost like the perfect game, and I think even without Odell Beckham, they still were able to score points and. I know that's a, a big reason to do the with uh, their play style or the the plan against the Chiefs is to control the ball, keep as much time it, of it with yourself rather than giving Pat Mahomes the ball. Um, but I think they just have the perfect formula to beat them with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If one gets tired, the other one can just come back in. And Kareem Hunt is a legit starter on any on most teams. Just be, just the fact that he's on the Browns and he's the second running back doesn't mean he wouldn't start for a good amount of teams out there that desperately need a running back. So I think they have the, I think they have a good game plan. And when Odell does come back, it would, it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate him into that offense, just because Baker Mayfield's not throwing like 50 times a game, like, um, like some other quarterbacks are that put up big numbers and big stats, but it doesn't seem like it matters much for the Browns, just as long as they can get the winning state, true to their game plan because I think they have a good game plan to beat the Chiefs. That is what they're going to have to do and most teams are going to have to do um, to beat the Chiefs. But again, I think it'll just be interesting to see how Odell reacts and how Sirianni, uh, no, Kevin Savansky, excuse me, and how he integrates Odell into that offense because he is a playmaker. He is a guy that can go for 10 catches a game, but it just goes against what they've been doing for so long, which is, which seems like the best way to beat the Chiefs. So, I think that's something I'd like to watch out for. But if he could get integrated into that offense, then uh, talent-wise, there's no other team as talented as them that could go up um, face hand-to-hand with the Chiefs. So I think that's just something to look out for. And I think it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. All right. I have one more weekend well before I move on. I'm going to give it to the Washington football team. You lose Fitzmagic. That's pretty big. You lose the game, and then also your fans in the worst stadium, pretty known that it's the worst stadium in the NFL currently. Or I don't know if you guys saw the video circulating social media, but there was a sewage pipe broke, oh. and basically sewage was going on their fans in the stadium. So just, just a bad yeah. weekend all the way around, and uh, it's a good win for the Chargers because the Chargers need to win games like that if they're going to make that leap. But there's not much talk about this game, to be honest. I think we'll, we'll see how this plays out overall. But we, we can move on to some, some biggest shocks from the weekend, if we have any leftover. But was there any, any shocking plays, anything happened this weekend, any shocking wins or uh, losses for you guys? Um, I mean, I'll go first. I think it's just uh... – I won't spend too much time on it, but I guess it's just that that game with the Bengals and the Vikings, I was not expecting the the Bengals to be that as good as they showed. 
they Cincinnati was up 21-7 at one point in the third quarter, and they limited the Vikings to just seven points in, in the first half, which is huge considering uh, the weapons that the Vikings have, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. But it's just it just didn't seem that they could get past that Bengals defense, which I guess was, was being overlooked. I don't want to overreact too much because uh, it is the first game, like we've all mentioned before, but they were stopping. They were getting a good amount of stops and getting – good pressure on uh, Kirk Cousins. So it, it was a shock to me to see how well just uh, Joe Burrow got integrated so quickly and how well um, Jamar Chase got over those, uh, those drops too. Cincinnati looked like, like at least a more challenging opposition that they have in the last few years. And if you're a Vikings fan, it just a lot more cause for concern. It's um, it's interesting because just Kirk Cousins is still there. That offense it just seems lackluster. They have the pieces to do it, but it's just it just seems like there's something holding them back. So uh, that was that was the biggest shock for me that I took away from from this first week. What about you, Patrick? Uh, I'd say my biggest shock for the game, Matt Stafford with the Rams. I mean, that team looks good. And you know what, Matt Stafford, honestly, he deserves he deserves a lot more than what the Lions offered him. I mean, that man has been through thick and thin and really just awful season spent with the with the Lions and I think coming out to LA where you have that chemistry with Sean McVay and we saw it yesterday I mean those two looked as connected as connected and good chemistry as you possibly get from a QB head coach relationship I think that Rams offense is good we're going to see a lot of Cooper Cup a lot of Cooper Cup if you're in fantasy Cooper Cup hasn't been picked up if you want to trade for him I suggest doing it now that man is good, and he's developed probably the best relationship with Stafford so far. And then we saw that uh, in the game yesterday. I mean, they connected for seven catches, 108 yards. It's pretty solid, and I think that that relationship and chemistry is only going to grow more as the season goes on. So I think Matt Stafford, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, that man. I hope he makes the playoffs. I really hope he does. I think he, I think this team is good. They have a good defense. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, obviously, two of the game's two top defensive players. Uh, I mean, Donald probably has position is the best. And I think we talked about this before with Connor. You said Donald is the best defensive player. And I think Ramsey is probably one, arguably one of the best. And I think that's accurate. They still have in that defensive line, that secondary is still good for the Rams. I think the only question I have is obviously you use, you lose Cam Akers to the torn ACL. That's a huge loss for the, for rushing. Daryl Henderson is a good running back. But if the Rams, you know, if they're if they want to compete for a Super Bowl, you have to look at you have to look at who can I trade for, you know who who's out there that maybe doesn't get a ton of starting time and would be would be complemented in our offense, and you know maybe talking like a Kareem Hunt, not a bad idea. Obviously, the Browns are probably going to want to keep him, but if the Rams offer up a pretty good package of players or draft picks. You know, I don't think the Browns are going to deny that. Plus, Kareem Hunt's getting older. Nick Chubb is obviously one of the best running – he's quickly become one of the best running backs in the NFL. So it's not like Kareem Hunt's going to get a ton of touches. Or no, I mean, he does get a ton of touches. But I still think Nick Chubb is that starting running back. And maybe letting Kareem Hunt go to the Rams where, you know, he's going to get – I mean, he's going to be the start starting running back. Maybe it's, a, it's an option. Or you ride it out this year with Daryl Henderson, maybe – pick someone up, maybe not Kareem Hunt, maybe someone small just for the season, the rental. Uh, and then in that, and then next year's draft, look at potentially getting, you know, 
a good running back to complement Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. Because again, like I talked about earlier, in order for offenses to operate at a high level, you need a good running game and you need a good passing game. If you don't have one of the, if you don't have one or the other, you're not going to win games because defenses, NFL defenses and NFL defensive coordinators are very smart. There's a reason they're in the NFL. So I think if they are able to draft someone uh, in the upcoming draft, that's going to be a game changer for this Rams team or trading for someone who's already proven in the NFL Kareem hunt, potentially it could be a potential, it could be an option, but I think this Rams team other than that is still very good. And then MC West, it's going to be the toughest division this year. I mean, the Cardinals look good. The Rams look good. The Seahawks look good. I mean, everyone looks good in the NFC West. I think that's going to be a very competitive division. Uh, but for the Rams to win, they need to find a good running back because without it, they're not going to win. They're not going to make it far in the playoffs. Yeah, I think last night the Rams did everything we wanted them to see do. And, you know, you got, of course, the – I believe it was the third play, offensive play, Stafford, and it's a touchdown. Everyone freaks out. It's exciting. I think it's going to happen a lot this year. People are going to be like, oh, falling in love with Stafford and whatnot. But – I saw enough for their defense and their offense. They're going to be a contender this year. I just want to see how much they develop into that, but they could be a contender next year too. So I'm not, it's not a win it all or bust kind of season. Let's move on to the Steelers bills and our resident Steelers fan Manny is here. Before we focus on the defense, I want to focus on the offense for the Steelers it seems like their game plan is just to get some random chunk place here or there. Cause I don't think they're going to be able to consistently be productive on the offensive side. The defense is what's going to win them games. I mean, do you think this offense can change and be better than they are? Or do you think this is the offense we're going to see where someone like Najee Harris is going to have to fight for every single yard. And then you get a random chase Claypool. Uh, big play at Deontay Johnson, big play, Smith Schuster, big play, or what do you think could change? Or do you think it's going to stay the same? Yeah. I mean, I, hope, I definitely hope that it will change just from what I saw. I think the first half, first half in the second half from the Steelers game showed what they are currently and what they can be. By that, I mean, the first half showed a lot of, a lot of struggles on offense. They, they couldn't get, they couldn't get a first down, really. They probably got like one or two, but the Bills defense just um, just clamped down on them. They brought a lot of pressure um, on that offensive line, that young offensive line. Inexperienced, of course, there, were gonna, there was going to be some growing pains, and that was evident in the first half. Uh, Big Ben didn't really connect with, uh, with any of his receivers, really. There were a few catches, but just a lot of like, like, hand, like hands to the head and a, little, a lot of confusion, it seemed, with who should have been where at at certain points but in the second half I think they came out a lot better they were a lot more composed they calmed down a little bit more um a hostile environment like Buffalo was always going to be difficult for anybody to go in there and try and win um also a new offense coordinator new offensive game plan there was a lot of new stuff for the Steelers in this game and if anybody was coming into this game expecting to see the offense of Big Ben and Tony Brown and Le'Veon Bell where it seemed like they just scored on every play they were looking in the wrong place just because of all those factors I mentioned, new offensive coordinator, five new starters on the offensive line, and just the rough, coming off a rough year where you were last in the running game, 
with a new running back as well, like Anashi Harris, I didn't even mention him. There's a lot of new stuff and a lot of things that you can't expect to just fall into place just in the first game. I was happy to see that the defense was still um, as solid as they were last year. A lot of times defenses tend to like fall off or not have as good a season as they did, but it was very reassuring to see that that defense is just as strong and could possibly be even better with the additions of Melvin Gordon, uh, not Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram on the defensive line to just bring even more pressure to, uh, to opposing quarterbacks. So was I happy with the performance yesterday? Not completely, but I was happy to see how the offense did manage to change it up a bit and were and like kind of flip that switch on and were able to score at least, they were able to score a touchdown and or score on every position that they had. I think I saw they scored on every possession that they had in the second half, except the last one where they were just burning clock. So I was happy to see that they were able to flip the switch a little bit and uh, get some positive, some positive gains on the offensive side of the ball. Now, yesterday was, was a bad day for me, obviously, because the Packers, but also the Bills lost and Packers bill was, was my Super Bowl pick. So it wasn't looking great for me uh, of my preseason uh, ideas of how this season would go, but obviously it's week one, not overreacting. I think they can both get back on the train track here, but Patrick, do you think the bills offense should worry? Do we think we're going to see Josh Allen go back to a 2019 form and 2018 form? Or do you think they just came against possibly a, a top five defense for sure, but possibly the best defense in the NFL if they can get pressure like that consistently and one of the best secondaries with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick playing like that. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Josh Allen, still a very good quarterback. Obviously, he was an MVP consideration last year. I'd say he's there again this year. Uh, that Bills offense is still good. I would say the offensive line, yeah, it's a, it's a little worrying uh, just because the Steelers were able to get so much pressure on him throughout the game. And, you know, we didn't really see Josh Allen – we didn't really see the same Josh Allen we saw last season. Obviously, like you talked about, yes, they are a top five defense, potentially one of the best defenses, you know, a top, they could be one of the best, they are, they could be considered the best defense in the NFL. Uh, I do think if the Steelers continue playing like that, yeah, they're a very, a very good contender for that AFC. Obviously the AFC is much more contentious than I'd say the NFC is to be completely honest. So yeah, the bills are still there. I think the bills are good, are a good team defensively and offensively. But yeah, Josh Allen had his struggles. He didn't. He looked uncomfortable at times, uh, and you know, it's he struggled to complete his passes and really just like have a good amount of time in the pocket to be able to wait for stuff to open up. So you know, my hats off to the Steelers. I thought they played, you know, they played pretty decently. I think that defense is deadly. I mean, when you add in Minka, you add in Cam Hayward, uh, you add in a Cam Sutton. There's a lot of good stars at Bud Dupree, or excuse me, not Bud Dupree, DJ Watt. DJ Watt's a very good. I mean, again one of the best off defensive players in the entire league that Steelers, if they can play like they did against the bills who are good offense. I mean, they, yeah, that's a deadly team right there. Uh, but I don't, if they don't play like they did uh, for obvious reasons, I don't think they're going to be as good because that offense is still, it's concerning to me at times. Uh, Juju Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I get concerned about them sometimes uh, Juju. I mean, we have to see if he's going to be Hollywood Juju that we saw last season where, you know, I had him on fantasy and I kind of got annoyed with him because I'm like, all right, let's calm this down. You got blown up by the Bengals. You got blown up by a bunch of teams. 
Like there's a reason nobody really likes you in the NFL, NFL anymore. Uh, I still re- respect him as a player. Like he, you know, he built his niche, he built his like his strategy well, but he can't be Hollywood Juju because he's not that good when he's Hollywood Juju. But now if he plays like he did in 2019, 2018, yeah, he's a he's a very good wide receiver. Chase Chase Claypool as well. It's kind of kind of fell into that Juju trap of getting to Hollywood, getting Hollywood too fast. Uh, so if Mike Tomlin's able to correct them early on I think they're still a very good offense but I think it's going to be a strong it might be the Steelers defense carrying them in a lot of games all right final segment of of the week well a mini one at the end but something new we're gonna try out it's called clickbait of the week and basically it's a headline we think is dumb and overreaction from the weekend could be something you just think people are out there probably took away from this game or the weekend that isn't true. It could be a tweet, graphic quote, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I was kind of saying was, I think it's a little bit overreaction was it was, you know, you got those articles that are like biggest takeaways, winners and losers, whatnot. And one of them, of course, it was a Bleacher Report one, but it was it was discussing uh, Kyler Murray being thrown into the MVP discussion. And I, I sort of get it. I sort of understand, but I think that's a, a little bit too quick to be like, ah, oh, MVP, throw him in the hat, throw him in the ring there. I think we could tamper things back. Don't read an article like that. He's got more to prove. The offense has more to prove. Great week one, but let's let's calm down a little bit on the Kyler Murray hype because he is coached by Cliff Kingsbury. Any, any clickbait from this week that you guys saw that was a real headline you saw, a real quote you saw? I know we talked about the Jamar Chase thing. That was clickbait from the previous week a little bit. But anything out there that you thought people maybe took away that they shouldn't have taken away from these games? Yeah, I think uh, uh, obviously I don't. when I saw this, I'm pretty sure it was a joke. It was meant to be a joke just because of the situation. But I thought it was funny how, uh, how this headline or this – the news that was going around was that everybody in the AFC South lost except the team that everybody had for sure locked in as the last place team. The Texans are at this moment, the first place team in that division, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny just because I saw a bunch of, you know, a bunch of memes, a bunch of tweets that had um, the Texans um, just being first place. And it, it is kind of hard to believe at this point, but I thought it was funny just because the Texans put up almost 40 points on the Jaguars, which I know the Jaguars have a, a rookie head coach, a guy that's never coached in the NFL before, a guy, a rookie quarterback that had never lost in the regular season before in all his football um, career, except up until now. Um, but yeah, I think the Texans just surprised me, like just them by themselves, that they were able to even put up that amount of points where everybody had written them off, had really had them tailed in to be the last the worst team in the NFL this year just because of everything that transpired. They were an absolute disaster this offseason. And then they just come out the first week and put up 40 points. So I think that was pretty interesting to see. And that the fact that they're first in their division right now, it's uh it's pretty surprising, pretty, pretty wild to me. Yeah, I'd say my clickbait rumor or my clickbait headline, whatever, I think also goes with Texan Jaguars. I thought Urban Meyer, there's no way he makes it the whole season. Absolutely no way. I mean, we've already seen, I don't know how many reports about Urban Meyer yelling at coaches, yelling at players, yelling at staffers. I mean, we all talk, when Urban Meyer got hired in the NFL, 
there were definitely some people that said like, oh my God, he's just going to be, you know, he's going to turn that Jaguars franchise around, blah, 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 whatever. He sucks as a head coach. He's not good. There's a reason he's never coached in the NFL. He could hack it in college. There's certain coaches that are just good, you know, that are supposed to be in college. There are also coaches that are supposed to be good only in the NFL. Um, I think we saw coaches that could only be good in college. Nick Saban didn't have the greatest, you know, head coaching career with the Dolphins. I don't even know how many games he lasted with them. Uh, but there are certain coaches that should stay in college. And I think that's Urban Meyer. We saw a lot of success with him at Ohio State, Florida. No question at Florida. Uh, I don't think he should be an NFL head coach because I think there's a certain way of doing things in college. And I think there's a certain way of doing things in the NFL just because NFL players are a bit more older, uh, a bit more mature, kind of know how to, you know, they know how to lead their life. College players, you, you know, some, yes, they do know how to do it. They know how to, they are mature. They can lead themselves in a good way, but a lot of them are coming from home the first time. Uh, maybe not the, you know, for whatever reason, just college is different than the NFL. I don't think Urban Meyer should have gotten that job. I think they kind of made, they were like, Oh, this is going to bring a lot of publicity, which yeah, I get it. It has, but he's not, a, he's not, an NFL head coach. He shouldn't be. We saw that with Chip, Kel Chip Kelly is another great example. Uh, obviously for my Eagles, he was awful. He was a really bad head coach. Uh, and he made a lot of questionable calls. Uh, and he was particularly awful towards staffers. Uh, I know that. I mean, I know that firsthand I've had people, I've shadowed at the Eagles and they were like, yeah, no, he was, he was awful to a lot of people in the facility. And I think it's the same thing that's happening with urban Meyer. He's going about it the college way, which does not fly in the NFL. So honestly, I'm going to, it's a hot, I mean, it's a hot take, but it's a cold take at the same time. Urban Meyer will not make it past the, past their buy. All right. Before, before we wrap up, Let's give a final thought from any of us. Maybe we'll come up with a cool name, maybe like two minute drill or final Hail Mary or whatnot. But something that we didn't get to that you think should be emphasized at the end, just because there's, there's so much football to talk about. But to me, one of my biggest takeaways, a takeaway from this weekend is that I thought this a little bit before the season, but I think this weekend emphasize it where I think the, uh, the AFC South is going to be the NFC East of last year. I think it's going to be a complete wreck. I don't know what's going to happen there. Obviously, it could be some health things as well, but that also happened in NFC East last year. So I think they're going to be a pretty bad division. Don't know who's going to win, but I don't think it's going to take that much. Any any final thoughts from you guys? Yeah, um, I think it is a, a, a little bit of a hot take, is just because I don't think – I don't remember the last time we've seen something like this or it, there's been instances where it's been close, but I think – from what I saw yesterday from all four teams in the NFC West, I think I think all four of them have a really good chance of being in the playoffs. I think they're all one and all right now. They all played they all played very well. The 49ers played very well, putting up a bunch of points. The the Cardinals as well, same thing, a bunch of points. The defense played and improved were excuse me, was improved. Um, a lot from last year, they, they showed a lot of potential. The Seahawks, it's just the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. They'll, they'll go as far as Russell Wilson will take them, but they did look good against the Colts, which is another AFC contender. And then you got the, uh, excuse me, the, the Rams, the last team against uh, Sunday Night Football against the Bears. They they finally found that missing piece that a lot of people were saying that they, that they need to get that's back to the Super Bowl. So I think all four of them have a really good chance. And, I think I'm expecting them to all four of them 
at least be in the conversation for all the all them to be uh to be in the in the playoffs come come January. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think you know again something we didn't mention is this is the Dolphins Patriots game. Obviously, Mac Jones first game as a starter for the Patriots. Uh, I mean, they had a they had a huge offseason. So I think that was a game that you know we didn't talk about. Obviously, Mac Jones versus two of former Alabama teammates, both have you know better offensive offenses. I think obviously with the Patriots adding uh, Jonu Smith. Uh, I, I mean, Nelson Aguilar coming back, which is still a stab in my heart as an Eagles fan. Uh, I think that Patriots offense got revitalized. I think that defense as well is back to, you know, adding Kyle Van Noy again uh, back to its team after he was with the Dolphins last season and then with the Patriots previous season. So I think both of these teams are good. And I think that AFC East is going to be very competitive again. Obviously, you take out the Jets because they're going to be the Jets, to be completely honest. You still have the Bills, who are a very – I mean, that's a team we could potentially see going far in the playoffs. We have the Dolphins, who, you know, I mean, they were – I mean, they definitely played well last season. Uh, and they, I mean, adding Jalen Waddle to that offense adds another weapon for Tua. Uh, and I think it is going to be a big test for Tua just because, you know, it doesn't have Fitzmagic anymore. It is specific, It is the Tua show. So whatever the, however the Dolphins season goes, it's going to be based off of Tua. Uh, and he has to have a big step up from last season uh, just because it was concerning at times because of how many, how much time Fitzmagic had to play because either Tua wasn't playing well and Fitzmagic would have to come in. And then if Fitzmagic wasn't playing well, Tua would have to come in. It's the Tua show now. And he has to perform up to those expectations that have been placed upon him given his successful collegiate clear and his high draft pick. So it was a good game for both teams. And I think Mac Jones, obviously with the win, does get the win over Tua. And I think he played a little bit better just because, again, having Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and a lot of veterans in that Patriots uh, Patriots offense, and really the Patriots in general, a very veteran team. I think did they, as a result, Mac Jones, like we talked about last season, is going to be a better quarterback just because he has a better scheme around and better coaching, better players. I don't want to discount the Dolphins, though they have a good team, uh, but Tua doesn't have the same things that Mac does. Uh, and I think it's going to be, if I'm going to be honest, it's going to be a battle between the Patriots and the Bills. I think the Bills still win out, but if the if the Patriots play like they do with the amount of veteran additions they made in the offseason, that's a very competitive AFC East. Well, that is going to do it for our week one reaction. We've got plenty more NFL content coming this year. It's a great podcast. It's been Connor, Manny, and Patrick. This is First and Moose presented by U92 The Moose. Thank you for listening, and you can catch us every week here.